Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Thank you. No? Yes? Yes? Okay. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it up here, but uh, that's better. Uh, but it's wonderful to be here. And uh, I was with your pastor, Catherine, about three weeks ago in Korea. And uh, we had a wonderful time there and uh, Yongi Cho's church and 100,000 people in the stadium there. And I had the honor of praying for that peninsula, not knowing what was going to be happening at this time when they asked me uh, about four or five months ago to do that. So we praise God what's happening in the world. And I really do sense as a, it's very atmospheric of what God's doing in the nations in this time. And, and that we are a part of it and uh, the power of the Word of God, amen? amen? But just before I go in and what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do, uh, my autobiography came out just over a year ago. That sells in the shops for about $45. And then I also, just over a year ago, trained the brain. Uh, I did on the area of the mind because I went through depression and that many years ago. And uh, I've learned a lot of things uh, from sport, but also from the Word of God in this area and how it changed my life. And winning life, there's two in one in that, and uh, the words of your mouth, how powerful. Uh, the mind and the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And uh, so I just felt that all three uh, for $50, and the, just the autobiography on its own is $45. So I want you to be blessed and uh, they are wonderful tools. It's my life of how I overcame and through some areas, and, and I'm sure the Holy Spirit will have me a touch on that. But I, I just to start with, I just want you to just sit there and sit in the presence of God, and uh, we're just going to receive from the Holy Spirit for a few minutes. Would you like that? Yes. And just allow him to touch your heart and then to receive the Word of God, because I feel the Lord wants to do a few operations tonight. A word I had early in the year is He's realigning. Yes. He's refiring and He's redesigning, but He's realigning like a plumb line. He's realigning in our hearts. Many people have been hurt, and people wonder why they don't receive the Word of God. Sometimes our heart is hardened, and uh, we need to be able to receive the word to fall into a rich soil. And uh, people say, but I, I don't get wisdom. I don't get revelation. You know, we often, we need to examine our heart. Is our heart good soil? Is our heart soft? Is there any unforgiveness there? Uh, are we hurting? Are we wounded? And, uh, you know, we can do that in a twinkle of an eyelid with our, our Lord Jesus Christ and ask him tonight to do an operation on our hearts, amen? So I just want you in the presence of God uh, just to receive from him and 
just close your eyes and let the power and the presence of God touch you. And Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. We thank you, Lord, that you fill this place. We thank you, Lord, that you love us all equally. You know, respect of persons. What you've done for one, you'll do for another. I thank you, Lord, that tonight, that the people, Lord, just draw on the gift. They draw from me, Father. They put everything aside. They cast all their cares. Lord, they want an operation from you and that they yield to you. Yoho, haya hamo yeah. yeah. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, ho, ho, let your presence fall. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Oh, Thank you for your mercy, Father. We thank your Holy Spirit that you live within us. If Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, he lives within. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The Godhead is on the inside of us. He's already given us all authority. His fruit is within us. His gifts are within us. Everything pertaining to life and godliness lives on the inside of us from the inside out. We just thank you, Lord. We thank you for your presence. It's not by might or power, it's by your spirit. We just thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy and compassion. We thank you, Holy Spirit, you do such a work on the inside of your people tonight. Oh, we just thank you. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, just put your hand on your belly. Just the reality of who is within you. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You have a covenant and he lives within you. Think about it, meditate on it. Greater one lives within us. We're not trying to get him, we've already got him. We're not a bird penned in the cage. He's already brought us out of the cage by grace through faith. The Holy Spirit, rise up big. We thank you for your healing mercies tonight to flow through your people. And Lord, as I bring the word of God and we just speaking, and Lord, the whole power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, from the inside out, you heal your people. Let that power of the resurrection, your resurrection power is within them driving out pain, driving out sickness, driving out disease, driving out deformities. We just thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we thank you. It's just like I sense the Holy Spirit is strengthening some spiritual backbone. Some people have been around church, have been around for quite a long time, but it's like God wants to put that fire back in you. And you fan that. 
You have to do that. The fire's already in us. Joy's already in us. Love's already in us. And it's like the fire, let it, let it start to burn again. It's like you've let it go out. We stir it up. That's why praying in that heavenly language is powerful. In Jude 20, it said, stir yourself up in the Holy Ghost. And the power of God is already within us. And, and people say, oh, well, I've got dry, but you've allowed yourself to get dry. That's why coming to church and hearing the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, do you love the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? Has it got strong in you? Are you sharing the gospel? Because if you love something, you'll share about it. You know, I loved tennis when I played tennis. I was so passionate. I wanted to be the first Australian woman ever to win Wimbledon, and I was born on the wrong side of the track. My family had nothing. There was alcohol, we didn't own our own home, car, or anything. And how to think I ever got to where what I did was I was passionate about it. I was hungry to do well. I had a good coach who, and we lived across the road from 24 grass tennis courts. And I had a coach that saw something to me, in me, and I had a dad that liked his alcohol, and I used to go out and play sport to get away from the arguments and the alcohol. And so this coach and his wife took an interest in me. They saw something in me. You'll get the Holy Spirit within us. You're not on your own. Some people, you know, they, they go through stuff and horrific stuff, but it's temporal in God's eyes. It's overcoming. And you know, as a little girl, I, I had no confidence. I was shy. I, I didn't, I hated public speaking. And somebody gave me a big old racket, wooden handle, because I used to hit with a timber piece off the fence up against a wall. We didn't have any money to buy a racket. And so you start out like that, and when you do get things, you appreciate it. You never forget where you've come from. And so at the, somebody came through our hometown and saw me playing and said uh, to me, you know, you could be the first Australian woman ever to win Wimbledon. Who, who would have ever thought from Aubrey in New South Wales that I, I from there, and back in that time, it was a population of only about 15,000. I would ever go on and, and somebody said, well, you'll have to go to Melbourne. And people would say to me, what do you want to do with your tenants? I'd say, I want to become the first Australian woman ever to win Wimbledon. You know, the Lord took me back to that uh, later in my life, which I'll get to. And he said, you know, back then you were using faith. Because it didn't look like it. I hadn't won anything. I'd never traveled. Not like today. It wasn't like anything like today back then. There was no money in tennis. But somehow doors opened for, for me. But my mum, I was brought up in a Catholic background and she always said to me, you know, uh, that's a gift from God. And I always knew that as a little girl. People would say to me, why are you so good at tennis? I said, it's a gift from God. I didn't know any different. And I'd say that. I was very open about it. But you know, sometimes when I was playing, and particularly Wimbledon, I knew sometimes I'd say, God, help me. I, you know, you were exhausted or you were tired, and sometimes a strength would come. And you think, where'd that come from? Yeah. And I knew there was somebody greater than me. And you know, when I was number one in the world in tennis in 
in, uh, it was going back in the 60s there, the early 70s, and I was number one, and, uh, and I, I was started to think about God. And I, I remember going to church and saying, God, where are you? And are you up in that tabernacle up the back there? And uh, I said, but I want to know you closer. Yeah, yeah. And so I had great husband, uh, you know, fame, money, but I wanted to know him. I knew there was something far greater than me. And I remember I went off to America, really, just after asking that question with my husband. I was married by then and uh, stayed with the family there. And uh, this lady, and I'd, we'd stayed with them before, she'd come home and she brought these books and she'd give them to me. And I said to my husband, I think she's become a religious nut. <laughs> and she had a little book about accepting Jesus. And uh, I went along to a meeting with these Catholics that was back in the Catholic Charismatic Renewal. And I knew they had something that I didn't have. And I'd go and listen and I watched them. And I went to a meeting one night and it was like something got me up out of the, my seat and I gave my heart to Christ. But I had a real encounter. I knew that night he'd come to live on the inside of me. I'd never read a Bible I didn't know anything about the Bible, but I knew he'd come to live on the inside of me. And uh, I, I just, I had this joy. And it would bubble up in me and I, I didn't fully understand it, but there was a smile on my dial the whole time. <laughs> and you know, I went back into tennis for another six years after that and the press used to say to me, what is it? You've changed. Something happened when I went back after that. Because when I got, I got born again, I gave my heart, I hit the floor, I started speaking in tongues. Nobody, nobody prayed, laid hands on me to pray in tongues. I just got the lot. <laughs> and uh, I just thought I was like this powerhouse. And I had this joy. And I remember some of the press people, and I, I was doing a press interview, and they said, what is it? Something's happened to you, what is it? And I would, I would say, I don't really know, but I know that Jesus has come to live on the inside of me. And I know if I died today, be absent from the body, be present with the Lord. I'd say that to the press. <laughs> and back in that time, you didn't hear much about born again Christians. And I'd say, I've been born again. And Jesus has come to live on the inside of me. And some of them over that time and all those years, you got to know them very, very well. We had the same press, not like today. And uh, a lot of those I finished up, before I finished tennis, I got them born again, because I used to say, I, I'd say to them, you know, we've become really good friends. And I'd say, you know, one day when I die, I want to see you in heaven. We should be in heaven together, would you like that? And they'd say, yes. And they'd give their heart to Christ. And it was so simple, I had a little, I didn't, still didn't own a Bible, nobody gave me a Bible. I had, but I had that written on Romans 10, 9 and 10, written on a piece of paper. And uh, that becomes such a part of my life. I love winning souls. I still do it everywhere I go. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. From that time ever, I've been full of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Even when I've gone through sickness and hard times and everything else, but I've known he's there with me, but I haven't known how to get some things. We've got to know how to get some things. There's many, many ways that he gives to us. 
many, many ways that we can grab hold of the word of God. He's no respecter of persons. He loves us all equally. And, and to be able to take hold of the word of God. You know, after I finished tennis and I had, another, I had a little one uh, while I was still playing tennis and I went back. Uh, my husband and I, after having a child and got back to be number one in the world within a year, probably had one of my best years after having a, a baby. I won 24 out of 25 tournaments in that year. I, I praise God. I, I boast on him because uh, I look at my life and that's why I share a little bit because I loved it. And I was very committed in it. I was very disciplined in it. And I was very focused in it. And you know what? When we apply some of those principles to this, he promises us long life and his salvation. And we start to learn some of those commitment to the word of God. When we start to renew our minds to the word of God. When we start to focus on him and the answer and not on the problem the whole time. It's life changing to us. This word starts to become very alive. That's why I was saying earlier, just let, keep your heart soft. Don't let people contaminate your heart. And the seed of the word, it, see words are seeds. They're alive and they're living. And that's why we allow those seeds. Offenses will come, hurts will come, words will come. You can imagine what came at me in the past year or so. But you know what? I prayed for them. I loved on them. I've got friends in them. I love them. The press printed, you said this and you said that. How could I, when I've, we've had a gay couple uh, sort of uh, do all our flowers for our church and hospitals for 14 years? I love them. They sit in our church, but a wrong doesn't make a right. Amen. And you know, in the, in the Bible, the marriage is the first covenant in the Bible between a man and a woman. And how do you say that? Was what God took woman out of the rib of man. Woman was, didn't come out of the dust of the earth. And what did the Roman soldiers do to Jesus on the cross? They pierced in the side. What came out was blood and water. It's the first covenant. That's why it's so precious, so valuable, and needs protecting. Yeah. Because the only thing the devil is after is the word of God. And he's after the words of your mouth. That's why he doesn't want people to get saved. That's why you mention the Bible and hatred comes at you. Because the only thing he's after is the word of God. He's not after you, he's after the words. And the words of your mouth. There's only two, two realms, good and evil. And after sport, I wished I could say everything was wonderful. I finished up having four little ones. That's why I, I wrote these books. I had four little ones and I wanted to grow in the things of God. And I, I got into wrong teaching, got into the Old Testament. And, uh, you know, I think people thought I'd been number one in, the, in, the, in sport in the world. I had to go in the gutter. And, uh, you know, I sort of went through some things and fear came. Uh, I'd have to have a few series here with you to tell you the whole story. But I went through horrific fear and fear overtook my life. Morning would come, I wished it was night. And night would come and I wished it was morning. And, you know, the hairs would stand up on my arm and I could see the devil in the, in the corner of the room and laughing at me. And I didn't know how to get out. I was like a bird penned in the cage. I didn't know everything that Jesus fulfilled at the cross. 
He got us out of that cage. He delivered us out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. He set us free as a bird in the tree to whistle and chirp and sing unto he. He fulfilled everything. He gave us our inheritance the day we gave our heart to Christ. He made us righteous by grace through faith. The day we gave our heart to Christ, we're seated in heavenly places by grace through faith. How wonderful it is. And But that's why it's so important to let the seed of the Word get into the heart so it's manifested in our flesh that the, the Word of God starts to over and choke the worries and the cares and you start to see things of the natural are temporal. They're subject to change. You start to find the grace and the favour of God and faith is pleasing to God. You came, we all came into the kingdom by grace through faith. There was no other way. We're given a spirit of faith. We have a measure of faith. And people say, well, I don't have any faith. Well, we release faith with the words of our mouth. And we can keep talking. And I did because after uh, tennis and I got very sick, finished up through fear. Fear has torment. Uh, Fear is a spirit. Fear, even medical doctors would know, can give you heart condition, can trigger off your body, do all sorts of things. And the fear came into my life, and I've got the most wonderful husband. We've been married for 50 years. He was, he was over here. He went back today. We've been at a conference on the, on the uh, sunshine at Surface Paradise there, and uh, I said to Catherine, because she keeps saying, when you're over, will you come? And that's when I was in Korea. I said, well, I'm coming over to a conference. I can stay on for a day, but I have to go back on the Saturday. And so that's how all this happened. And uh, he was with me. Uh, he was with me in my tennis. It took a, a strong, bold man. His father was a premier of Western Australia. His brother was a premier of Western Australia. He was president of the Liberal Party, my husband. And, uh, but he came from a very secure family. Yeah. And back in those times, husbands and wives didn't travel uh, when you went away with the Rod Lavers and the Roy Emerson and all the Queenslanders and who were my good friends. And, uh, you know, the, they just didn't go. But I thought, well, I'm not going if my husband doesn't go with me. And open tennis just came in at that time. And when open tennis came in, we went for another seven or eight years. But, you know, when I was going through all this, he wasn't a Christian. And he didn't know how to handle it. He didn't know how I was going to get out of this. And I was on medication for heart, medication for depression, medication for insomnia. I had these four little children under eight. Now walking over the top of me. I thought, life's not worth living. Lord, I might as well go home and be with you. But there was a few of us started to pray. Power of prayer. You know, when you press into him and said, Lord, send somebody to teach us the truth. And that's how, back in that time, it was in the early 80s, 1982 and 83, somebody said, why don't you come and hear something on faith? I said, no, don't want anything more to do with Christianity. I've become a mess. Who, who anybody else out there ever said anything like that? And, uh, and so I said, no. And then it was interesting because they said in man's name, Fred Price. And uh, when I was playing tennis and I was a baby Christian and just uh, born again, and they'd, the press had written it, she'd become this Christian, 
and uh, the full gospel businessmen in Hawaii, and I was playing team tennis in Hawaii, uh, and Fred Price was there doing a, a conference with the full gospel businessmen, and they asked me would I give my testimony just for a few minutes. And I got up, and my husband was sitting out there. That's why I say, receive from the Word of God. Every time you come, Lord, I expect to receive. You're a miracle worker. And uh, my husband sat, he wasn't even Christian, but he had, we used to think it was from him watching me play tennis. And he got very bad ulcers. And uh, he was on medication for it, and he was just sitting out there like you. And uh, Fred Price was just speaking the Word of God. And uh, he said to me two days later, Fred Price didn't even lay hands on him. He said, two days later, I believe I'm healed. And you know what? He's never had them since. And so at that time, that name was popped up that they mentioned. I thought, Fred Price. My husband Barry was healed under him. I thought, I might go and have a little listen. And I started to learn about the mind, how powerful the mind is. As a man thinketh, so is he. Yes. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Yes. Pull down and cast down all cares and imaginations. Bring every thought into obedience. And think on the good things, the lovely things, the few pure things, holy things, things of good report. And you know, the Lord started to teach me about my tennis. Because when I was playing tennis, I had lots of battles with Billie Jean King. We were, we were one another that everybody wanted a court king final. The Holy Spirit said to me, because I didn't know much about the Word of God, I didn't know that all things have passed away, all things have become new. The day you give your heart to Christ, you're a new creature in Him. I didn't know He'd taken my past, that my past was completely. Because by that time, when I went through that mess, I was full of sin consciousness, guilt, unworthiness, condemnation. I wasn't good enough, and I didn't know how to get to God anymore, it just becomes such a mess. And uh, when I started to learn about it, and he, he said, remember, he said, you could not go back to a match when you lost to her and when you were playing her. So I was playing a Wimbledon final. And I'm in a position in that, and I had lost to her at different times. And she'd lost to me. And I could not go back and think about that match that I'd lost to her. Because as soon as I did, I'd start to lose points and games. He said, you could not let your thoughts go back to that. And you know, that's what it says in the Word of God. Pull down the strongholds. Bring every thought into captivity. And you know, when something was wrong in sport, if I, I'd start to lose confidence in something, I had to go out and I had to train and do repetition, repetition, repetition until I got that rhythm back in that stroke again, till I was confident in it again. And sometimes with the Word of God, it's like repetition, repetition, pulling down those doubts, pulling down those unbeliefs, bringing into captivity, particularly when fear comes. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Fear is spirit. The Word of God is spirit. And you start to train and you start to discipline your mind on the things of God. You start to praise and thank Him that you got the mind of Christ before you do have the mind of Christ. You start to thank Him, thank him that you have a sound mind. And I started to learn some of these principles while I was in Bible school. 
And I started to learn to worry on the word, not on my problems. Because my mind was like this and I didn't know how to turn it off. How many people about there have been through that? Be honest, that your mind's been such a battlefield. Well, that's it. Your mind is the gateway to your heart, to your spirit, man. I didn't even know I was a spirit and lived in a body and had a soul and the soul was the area of mind. I didn't know any of those things. Nobody had ever taught me that. But I started to realize the spirit side of man is far more powerful than the outer man. And the enemy we have, the thief comes to kill and destroy and defeat, but Jesus came that we have life and have it more abundantly. I started to learn about right standing. What happened when I actually gave my heart to Christ? I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. We've been crucified the day we died. The day we gave our heart to Christ. When he died on the cross, he took every sin, every sickness with him down into hell. He took you and I with him. That's how much he loves us. Think about how much he loves each and every one of us. He gave his life for us. Why? How many of us said from our backgrounds, our Father, let it be here on earth as it is in heaven. When you've gone through sickness and fear, it's not here on earth as it is in heaven because no sickness and fear in heaven. He said, let it be here on earth as it is in heaven. He wants us to know his presence, his love. He wants us, whether you're, you're a lawyer, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a nurse, wherever you work, we carry his presence. We're his hands and we are his feet and his mouthpiece in the earth. I think some people have forgotten out there that we are his mouthpiece of love in the earth. He wants us to walk in it and know him here. He doesn't want us going through pain. He doesn't want us going through sickness and disease. I went through it for years. And when I was in the second year of Bible school, I started to just hit in here and there a bit on this word of God, the, the reality of it, that it is seed and that it grows. And I was being married, we had a farm for 35 years. So I've learned about the seed principle from farming. When you plant the seed, the rains have to come or it doesn't grow when you put your crops in. The same with you take up your tithe or your offering. You have to plant seed. The tithe is a covering, is covenant with God. It comes under the covenant. Your offering is what you're blessed of. And it's seed and that seed principle, words are seeds. This book is a seed book. He said that. He says it in uh, uh, Genesis, uh, Genesis 8 there. It's seed time and harvest time. Your words are powerful. Life and death are in the power of the tongue and you eat the fruit of it. Your faith will be no higher than your mouth. And that's why the, the repetition and the, and the uh, area of your mind, what you think on is so important because what you think on is what's gonna get down into your heart. Yeah, yeah. You're around people that gossip all the time. You'll be talking gossip. Yeah. 
If you're watching some things on television you shouldn't be watching, that's what will be getting down into your heart, in your spirit, man. I used to think my heart was my natural heart. And that's why, you know, when you worry and the fear and the stresses, I finished up with the torn valve of the heart. But it was in the second year of Bible school that I, just under the word of God, that I was totally healed. That's why I learned that seed principle. And I've received healing in different areas. Praise God for medical doctors. We'd all be home by now, probably a lot of us. Amen. I'm just being honest with you. It's true. And uh, I, in that, uh, under the word of God, I started to learn and to worry on the word and cast my cares upon him, for he cares for me. He said, the resist the devil and he flees. And I started to learn, and I just in some time, I won't go for all that long, but I, I just wanted to touch on righteousness and right standing because I knew when I was in Bible school and I was totally healed of heart and depression, insomnia. There's most beautiful sleeping scriptures in the first three Psalms. And my sleep is blessed. And I was totally healed by the middle of the second year. But then, you know, you go, life goes on and you go through some things also. And, uh, you know, when I was playing tennis, I always, from a little girl, had a curvature of the spine. And at the age of 15, uh, women back in those times didn't do weights. And I used to train five mornings a week before the men came into a men's gym because my coach, I had to go to leave home when I was the age of 15 and go to Melbourne. And they took one look at her and they said, she's skinny and she's scrawny, but she's like a thoroughbred. <laughs> and so we'll have to build her up. So I used to go in and do weights. And I did, and I, I started to look like an athlete. And I, and I uh, remember going in the men's gym and most of them be gone by the time, uh, you know, I'd, they, I'd, I'd be coming, just finishing and they'd be just start coming in. And at that time they had Mr. Victoria there and sometimes we'd go a little bit over and he'd stand in front of the mirror like this, you know, <laughs> and flex all his muscles. And I thought one day nobody's looking, I'll flex my muscles. <laughs> And I mean, I, I had a little instep like this, and I could always remember when I first started out, I share this because it's a principle. The Word of God works the same way. And, uh, you know, I, I'd stand there and I'd think, oh, I'm getting a bit, a few more, you know. But I remember those first three months, I was so sore. I didn't want to get out of bed and think I had to go and train. And, you know, often it's like that with the Word of God. We think it's not working. We, we can't see any muscle coming. We can't see that seed of the word that's in our spirit, man. We can't see it working, so we think it's not working. The word's always working. He said, what, whatever you're going through in life is but a light affliction. He says in uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18, it's temporal. It's subject to change. He said, call things be not as though they are. And do you know, after uh, those few years and developing, I started to become this athlete. I hardly, when I was playing tennis, ever had an injury. And I remember I had curvature of the spine. And I just believe, and I know it, all the, the discipline and the training and everything, my back was very strong. But after having four babies and not being so fit anymore, I started to have back problems. 
But I remember in a service one night, we had a man that came and the, the meeting, and I'd never been in a meeting like it, never been in one since. It went to about 2.30 in the morning. And if there was a, 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 a physio or a chiropractor in there, I tell you, they got such a shock what happened in that meeting that night because there was people just out everywhere, people who their bodies were, nobody was holding them. They were in positions for about an hour. And that preacher at that time, he said to me, and I, I knew him for years and years, he said, I've never seen a meeting like it, I've never seen one since. He said, what did I teach on? <laughs> and I finished up years later sending him back then a tape of what he actually taught on. And it was actually taught on, we're redeemed from the curse of sickness. And uh, you know in Deuteronomy 28 there, every time I ever get a new Bible, it tells the blessings that we have in the first part, that, but then it goes on into the curses. And down next to all those curses, I put no. I'm redeemed from those curses. Why? Because Jesus redeemed us from it. You know, the Word of God is so simple, we miss it. It has to be complicated and hard, and it's not. How did you get saved when you believed in your heart and you confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved? When we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth in the financial area, we'll be blessed. When we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth in the healing, we start to say what God says and thank him. Thank him for what he did. How wonderful our Lord Jesus, what he's done for that. And that righteousness area, I just want to read a scripture from you. I've given you a lot of scripture already because I've been uh, talking about it. But in Isaiah 54, uh, 14, and uh, if you have your Bible or they're putting it up on a screen, I'm not sure. But it says in righteousness, right standing, that word right standing means to stand in the presence of God free from sin, consciousness, guilt, unworthiness, condemnation, inferiority. He said, in righteousness, I'll read it from the Amplified, you shall establish yourself in righteousness, in conformity with God's will and order. You shall be far even from the thought of oppression or destruction. For you shall not fear, and from terror it will not come near you. So he said, establish yourself in this right standing. And I knew when I finished Bible school, I had to get full of that. I knew I had to meditate it. I knew I had to study it. I knew I had to hear on it because sin consciousness and guilt and unworthiness, I was never good enough. God, what is it? What, what's wrong with me? Other people get healed. I don't get healed. What is it, Lord? Why am I always sort of worrying and care and fears come? How, how do I get, get through this? Because I didn't, I started to see from the Word of God that Jesus was made to be sin who knew no sin and made you and I the righteousness of God. The day you got born again, I got born again, I came into that kingdom mentality. I came into that relationship, even if I don't know it. How powerful it is. That's our position. We're seated in heavenly places by grace through faith. We're not looking up. We're looking down by faith. 
And he wants to start to see there because the greater one lives within us. He's given us our inheritance. He's given us everything. And that's why we meditate the word of God. That's why we start to think on of it instead of all the cares, the worries, the anxiousness, where the next bill. We're doing our part with the Lord. We're giving unto God. He's our source. We cast our cares on him. We resist the devil and he flees. This is our TV guide to life. You know, I often say, if I'd known this word when I was playing tennis, I would have won six Wimbledons, not three. Because quite a lot of times I beat myself. I'd let fear come. Or uh, I'd let lack of confidence come. Or uh, I'd let this and, and doubts come. And I, I'd let, it's no different in sport to everyday life. And that's why you, you love young people to learn this at an early age. And that they, they don't go through some of the things that I've been through or others have been through, if they'd learn the power of the words of their mouth yeah. and that their words are a force because yeah. the Lord said, you take the sword of the Spirit. You use it. I've given, already given you my armour and all the armour, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the shoes to preach the gospel, all protective. There's only one aggressive, is a sword. And I often think about that and I think that's my tennis racket. That's how I, the devil, I beat him up. That's right, it's true. Think about it. What's your weapon? You know, uh, when we think about it, because we are where we are by the words of our mouth and we're not to blame others. Yes, we go through things and people go who, through horrific things. But you know, I went through all that I went through and people and ministers nearly destroyed my life. And the, the, the Lord has a wonderful sense of humor because of those ministers that took me through that, I forgave them and many of them finished up working for me. That's true, it's true. And I love them. And you know, when the Lord heals you of something, and, and you can take this with you tonight, when the Lord heals you of something, it's like you look back and think, did I ever go through that? Was it ever a part of my life? I look at my tennis days, I think, did I ever play tennis? I do, if I go to Wimbledon, I sit there and I think, did I ever play out there? Because your life, he just gives you another life. He makes you so full. And uh, you know, you just think, I wanna see everybody saved. You wanna see everybody healed. So I just believe tonight we're gonna just, and I could keep going on, and, he, and, and the work of righteousness is quietness, assurance, peace. And that's what it'll bring in your life, no matter what you go through. Your devil keeps me awake at night. I say, all right, I'm going to pray in tongues. Okay, Lord, what do you want me to pray for? And you soon go to sleep. <laughs> you use the weapon. It's a weapon. He wants us to use the artillery that he's given us. Why? Because he loves us. And you think, well, he did that for you. Yes, he'll do it for you. Because he's no risk. I always remember that. I reminded him of it when I was going through a mess and I'd see people all together and their minds together. And I didn't, at one time, I didn't even want to go into church. I wanted to crawl under the carpet. 
And I said, Lord, you said in your scriptures, you're no respecter of persons. What you did for them, you'll do for me. And the other thing I'd remind him of, I would say to him, you said in your scriptures that you're a rewarder of those who diligently seek you and I'm seeking you. And you take those words and you start to use them and you'll start to find the promises will come to pass in your life, amen? And some of you might say, I've done it for years. Well, you know what? You might have been just around the corner from your miracle and you gave up. But pick yourself up and go on. And start to think like God thinks. And say what God says. And then you'll start to get a revelation of the kingdom mentality and a kingdom culture. And you think, I'm walking through this earth and I'm going to take a lot of people with me and I'm going to get a lot of people healed. I'm going to be a part of God's army. And you have Daniel Hagen and Ben Fitzgerald coming. We have him. I've just done a conference with him, with Daniel Hagen. Don't miss him. He's the most wonderful young man. And where he's come from, he may share it and he may not, but God brought him out of drugs and you name it, and he has the dreadlocks and everything else. Most wonderful worship leader, most beautiful young man. And I tell you what, that wakening Australia, and then a few months later, Franklin Graham, he's coming here to Brisbane, to Melbourne, to Perth, coming in, training the churches to evangelize. And they're coming in, they're coming into this nation, they're not taking a penny. And they're coming, they already have people coming in. And from July on, right through to February, March next year, they're training every person, if they want, in the nation, in the church, for nothing, to evangelize. So something's happening in this nation because Franklin Graham, apparently, they asked him to do a world tour and he went away and prayed for a couple of weeks. And he said, no, God's told me to come to Australia. Amen. Amen. And I was part of what they did here uh, 20 years ago, and I headed up all their counselling in Western Australia for them. But this time we have Wakening Australia and then more Wakening Australia after. We're going to have a lot of people trained to evangelise. It's going to be a lot of people coming in to the kingdom because it's becoming very atmospheric in this nation. And uh, Daniel Hagen took some young ones and older ones out in the streets yesterday for one hour and they got 23 people saved, and four of them came to that meeting last night. So something is happening. And do you know what? There's no age in the spirit. God looks at the spirit of man. So don't think you're too old out there. Wherever I go, I get people saved, and I love it. Wherever I go, I lay hands on the sick. I don't heal them. Jesus does. Amen. And he's mobilizing his army. And we all need one another. Father, I just thank you. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you. Why don't we just stand? You've been sitting for a while. And I thank you, Father. I thank you for your presence. And we just thank you, Lord. People have come with needs. And Lord, we thank you. We just worship you and we magnify you. We do thank you for your presence and Lord, that we glorify you. We just thank you. We thank your Holy Spirit.
Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.